98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas's ultimate sports fan destination. Right, back here at State Farm Stadium time for all of today's top sports stories in one place. It's Wolfing Down Your Lunch here to deliver, as always, is Aaron Maloney. Aaron? So the Arizona Cardinals released the first depth chart heading into the first preseason game. So Cliff Kingsbury said today that Trace McSorley will be the quarterback. But the only starters listed in the games too deep are guard Will Hernandez, linebacker Devon Kennard, linebacker Zayvon Collins, and cornerback Marco Wilson. So which players do you think can benefit the most from the preseason games for the Cardinals? Uh, Eno. Zayvon. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, that was the quickest answer we've ever given in Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Zayvon Collins, no doubt about it right now. He needs he needs reps. Reps. I wouldn't be surprised to see him actually get 20 reps in this game. Now, again, maybe that'll never happen, but for me, this kid needs reps. I Down in distance, first and 10, second and 10, third and 10, whatever it is, he needs to be out on the field experiencing those reps. It's interesting. I think you and I both took that question differently because Zayvon Collins could benefit the most from playing on Friday. I feel like Eno could benefit the most in the sense that he might move up the depth chart and sort of build on what he's been doing this offseason and catching the eye of Cliff Kingsbury and this coaching staff. But, yeah, both those guys are probably at the top of the list. Marco Wilson's probably right up there, too. Kyler Murray gave a young fan a signed jersey after the boy had one stolen while attending Saturday's red and white practice. Small gesture, big impact, though. This was a class act by K1. What are your guys' thoughts? I mean, so in this offseason so far... You had Kyler talk with the media unannounced about the study clause, which I believe showed something that we haven't seen yet from Kyler. And now this. I mean, has he taken the best, like the biggest step so far as the Cardinals quarterback? I thought uh, one of our listeners actually nailed this wolf. Uh, it's Martin or Martine, but he wrote in, and uh, he writes in uh, quite a few times, but he said, uh, he basically was saying, it's why this current Suns team is so lovable to our state, is their overall likability. Yeah. Paraphrasing a little bit, but that last sentence is exactly what he said. It's why this current Suns team is so lovable to our state. It's not It's not that Kyler Murray is unlikable, but the last few years, it almost has kind of felt like he's almost unapproachable if you're a fan. Like, it's awesome. He's, he's exciting, and as I keep saying, it's not like the guy's ever gotten in trouble off the field, but it kind of just felt like he was separate. Whereas, like, the Phoenix Suns, this team last year, how many times did we talk about it felt like yeah. they were all friends and they would all be playing basketball pickup at some park in Tempe if they didn't have a Suns game that night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not that Kyler Murray doing what he did over the weekend suddenly changes that, but it's a step. You know, we were talking about this earlier, and I really do believe this. This does show growth. This is something you were talking about. You brought this up. He's reaching out to the fans, and we have seen that here. The red-white practice. We saw him sign autographs. 
sideline to sideline, man, running across for almost an hour after the red-white practice was over. And then this, now actually providing this young man's jersey that was stolen by whatever scumbag was out there walking around stealing this little kid's jersey that got signed Wolf's by not, not only of, Kyler of Murray, individual. but some other people. Now all of a sudden you have Kyler reaching out. He's reaching out to the fan base. Man, let's hope this shows growth and where he'll continue to reach out to his teammates. So, it, was, it was cool, too. The jersey isn't just autographed by Kyler. It's autographed by, yes. it looks like, the whole team, at least a good chunk of the team. Class I, act. I did find it funny that inside of the one on the jersey wasn't just Kyler. Yeah. No, you're right. There's, there was Kyler a should have signed the one and then everybody else around it. Yeah. That's, I think DeAndre Hopkins was in the middle. Yeah, no, no, see, Better catch see. by that sounds, eye. That's right. That sounds like Hop now. Yeah, looks like Hopkins. Brooklyn Nets <laughs> Governor Joe Sy voiced his support Monday night for the front office and coaching staff after Kevin Durant told Sy to choose between him and the team's GM and coach. Here's Tim Bontemps. With Joe Sy's tweet, this actually became the easiest layup for me of all time for Joe Sy. Oh, wait a minute. I can go support the coach and GM on my team instead of the guy that six weeks ago came to me and said, I want to be traded. Seems like a pretty easy call to me. And so as you look at this situation going forward, I think we're in the same spot we've been in really since the middle of last month, which is that if you look around the NBA, there are not teams showing the kind of interest in giving up the kind of trade package to the Brooklyn Nets that would make them want to trade Kevin Durant. I think we're looking at a situation where these teams are both Kevin Durant and the Nets are going to be together at the start of training camp and probably into the start of the season. And they're going to have to find a way to play nice and make this work because I don't see this marriage ending anytime soon. When do you see the marriage ending? That was kind of surprising to hear that, honestly. Of, yeah. uh, with everything that happens, it, does it mean it's going to happen instantly? No, probably not. But it could happen this afternoon, honestly. And so I, I was a little surprised to hear Tim Bontemps say, yeah, it's probably going to drag on into the season. I think I think just logistically, that's probably good news for the Suns if it drags into the season. Yeah, I just have a really hard time seeing Steve Nash and Sean Marks interacting, of course, with Kevin. Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant actually allowing himself to now be coached. Well, it's a collaboration. It's just honestly, what a mess it truly is right now. Yeah, I... I don't know what's going to happen. I do know that that would be almost untenable to be in that situation where you said, I want you guys fired. That's the only way I'm going to stay here. Oh, but I wasn't really serious about that. I'll show up and be a good team. That I mean, that sounds like Kevin Durant. But I don't see that happening. Think about in your own job, if you if you went up to somebody, like if you went to your boss, and you were just like, <laughs> you need to be fired, and I'm going to tell your boss. And then, it wasn't just that, you then went on Twitter and, you know, basically, I, I mean, Durant didn't do this, but you, there was whatever way you could reach the entire world with that news. Yes. Are you really going to come back and be working for him? <laughs> in a couple weeks? Hey, let bygones be bygones, Steve. I was just joking. Uh, all right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, as always. Aaron, uh, you heard Aaron allude to it right there. The depth chart is out for the Cardinals game on Friday, and there actually has been a change to it based on something that happened today at practice. We will get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. Are you-
you can see in the NFL the trend of guys that most teams know are going to start on getting a lot of work in the preseason anyways, and so it's been good for the, the young guys to be able to show what they can do and get the majority of the reps. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. We talked about it briefly in Wolfen Down Your Lunch. The first depth chart of the season is out for the Cardinals and came out last night. And Wolf, it's not, it's not, I shouldn't even have said for the season. It is specifically for Friday's game, which you don't typically see teams do in the preseason. I can't tell you how many preseason games I've been to. They hand you the depth chart. Okay, oh, Kyler Murray's going to start. Uh, okay, there's this. Okay, none of these guys are playing in the preseason game. The one they put out is actually pretty accurate, although. Colt McCoy is dealing with arm soreness now, so he's not starting, and he was number one on the depth yeah. chart coming into this morning. You know, it was interesting because, yeah, it was a depth chart for the Cincinnati Bengals game and who was going to get some reps in the Cincinnati Bengals game, which I thought was kind of cool. To me, though, when I looked at it, I saw the prove-it chart. <laughs> to me, it wasn't the depth chart. It was the prove-it chart. You got Will Hernandez on the offensive side of the ball right there. Will Hernandez was the only guy that was listed as a starter that is going to be a starter for the Arizona Cardinals on the offensive side of the ball. Yep. So to me, okay, he's the new guy. We understand that. They want to see what they got in Will Hernandez. I don't know how many reps he's going to get. It may be one series. That's what I think. I get Will Hernandez is out there for three plays if they don't convert, right? And uh, I could be wrong on that, but at the same time, I think they want to see what they got. They got a new toy. They want to see Will Hernandez out there go knock somebody's face off. It's a prove-it chart is what it is. And what taught me that or made me think that was Zayvon Collins. He was listed as a starter. Zayvon Collins. We all understand why the prove-it chart would look at Zayvon Collins and say, you're going to start. The guys that you expect to start week one against the Chiefs that are lined up to start on Friday against the Bengals are Will Hernandez and Zayvon Collins, like you said, Marco Wilson and Devon Kennard. Those are the Proven. guys. Yeah. Those two guys right there as well, even Devon Kennard. Um, sticking on the offensive side of the ball, though, for a second, there's a couple guys here that stand out. Because, look, Trace McSorley's starting. I get it. If you're a Cardinals fan, you want to see Kyler Murray. I, like this, if, if you're a hardcore Cardinals fan, you want to see these depth guys play. But if you're just like, okay, I just let's get the season started, and I don't love preseason, then you're looking and saying, okay, a lot of these guys may not play as much. There are two names really standing out to me on offense on Friday night, Wolf. One is Eno Benjamin, who I've talked about, because yes. I think he has a chance to really carve out a, a big role on this team. The other one's Greg Dortch. We keep hearing about Greg Dortch. He made a couple really nice plays today yeah. against one of them was against Buddha, I think. Rondell Moore when he was up here talked about Greg Dortch. Guys keep talking about Greg Dortch and it's not like I think Greg Dortch is gonna lead this team in receiving, but you want to talk about proving it and trying to carve out a, a roster spot. He number eighty three is a guy to watch on Friday. No, I would agree with that. Um Dortch definitely has flashed. You know who else too? It was interesting because I was talking to Kyle Vandenbosch about this very thing. 
Eddie Isabella. He has Eddie he's Isabella. Had a couple, every time I'm on the field, I see an Andy Isabella touchdown. Eddie Isabella has flashed in this training camp. Once again, now, whether or not that's going to carry over into any of these preseason games, I don't know. But I can also tell you that Trace McSorley has also been very, very impressive. He hasn't looked bad at all. I'm talking about in practice. I'm talking about in practice. We all know that. They haven't played any preseason game. I'm very interested to see how Trace McSorley plays when given the opportunity in preseason. He's made some nice throws, and he has that willingness to just tuck the ball and run for 10, 11 yards. First of all, he looks really good doing it. Yeah. Really good doing it. I know we're talking about training camp. We're talking about preseason, but I agree with you 100% on Trace McSorley. I'm glad you said it first. He has kind of been like, oh, that, that's another good, okay, that's not Cole. That, no, that's Trace McSorley almost every time. Of those three guys we just named, though, the one who I still think would have the chance to maybe be making an Im- impact in week one would maybe be Dorch, just because who knows what's going on. I can't. You're yeah. right about Andy Isabella. Yeah. I gotta see it. In right, the NFL I, game. I, I know, man. It's just, boy, you just wonder has that ship sailed, metaphorically speaking, right there. I, I don't know. I do know that uh, once again, I'm very, very hopeful that this offense is going to be the strength of this team. It has to be the strength of this team going forward. And what is that going to look like? You, you and I have talked about this so much in regard to what it's going to look like the first six weeks of the season without Nuke as the X receiver. What is this team going to look like? And the more and more Basinonians that I watch practice here, the more and more convinced I am that it's going to involve two tight ends and Zach Ertz is going to be the guy that is going to get the vast majority of those reps. Once again, I'm not saying they're going to take Zach Ertz and stick him out as the X receiver. I'm not saying that. That's what they're going to do. But you have stick to account him for him as a defense. I'm just saying, yes, I think what we're going to see is a paradigm shift between 11 personnel, which is one back, one tight end, three wide receivers to a two tight end offense. I know I talk about it all the time, but this is the season in which you're going to do it. You're going to speculate about this at this point of the season. Before you've played one preseason game, what are you going to do? All I know is this right here. I think it'd be a dangerous proposition for the Arizona Cardinals not to practice any of the offense they're going to use without D Hop in the lineup. I, I think honestly, if you're not gonna if you're gonna sit there and say, no, we're not gonna show anything that we're gonna do, I think that might be a mistake. That could burn you too in week one. I hear what you're saying. I feel like they kind of did that their very Cliff's very first year here where they were just like, we're not gonna show anything, we're not gonna show anything, and then they started the game against Detroit and they're like, wait, we haven't seen any of it either. <laughs> like that can burn both of you. Um Defensive side of the football, there's a couple names I'm pretty interested who are at the, at the top of this depth chart for Friday. We mentioned Marco Wilson, Zayvon Collins. Antonio Hamilton yes. would be one of them yes. for sure. And uh, Dennis Gardeck is one of them, of, of guys that maybe could go out there and steal the show on Friday night. And if they do that, Hamilton in particular, I mean, if he, if he has a good camp, like you said earlier, right now, if there was a game tomorrow against the Chiefs, he'd be your your nickel corner. Antonio Hamilton, um, he's had an excellent camp. As a matter of fact, I don't know if there is a player that has had a better training camp so far than Antonio Hamilton. 
he has made some serious noise here. I've heard it from players, players that have pointed out Antonio Hamilton. I've heard it from some coaches that have pointed it out as well. He's not had one. He's had two pick sixes yeah. in practice here. You see him. He's he's very noticeable right? out there and not noticeable in the sense of like, wait, whose guy was that running down the field? Oh, that was Hamilton's. Like, no, he's he's making some plays. And you have to you have to go back to last year and look at some of the opportunities that he had last year to play. And guess what? Not bad. I thought he made plays last not year too. Not bad. Not certainly not a liability. So, boy, hopefully you could take a guy like that. If you could every now and then, and we talk about this, Luke, but it's so important. Every now and then, you've got to have that capability of developing a young guy, developing a player. We were talking about being under 25, and and some guys are late bloomers. Some guys literally start developing when they're 25, when they're 26 years old. Sometimes they get it. And, you know, Antonio Hamilton is a young guy that has been around a little bit. And now, all of a sudden, you got a situation where he seems to be blossoming. And that, to me, is very, very encouraging. You've got to do this. That's what coaching is. Coaching is taking raw material and turning it into something that is better than what it was when it was raw material. Of course, the biggest news for you, Wolf, since you'll be at the game, is um, Cincinnati has changed the name of their stadium. And isn't that just remarkable? What is it? It's now Paycor Stadium. Paycor. So when you are uh, when you're broadcasting the game on Friday, make sure you call it Paycor Stadium. There's another name that is a little bit further down this depth chart that I than I expected. I'll just put it that way. And we're going to get into it in a little bit, so I'm going to I'm going to save that for uh, for a couple segments from now. But when we come back, the latest on Kevin Durant and. Um, He's given the Nets an ultimatum. Is this his way of pushing not only out of Brooklyn, but actually his way of pushing to Phoenix? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Kind of fired up to see Tommy Henry's second start after hearing Jem's update right there, Wolf. Yeah. He sold me on it. And I'm going to be out there, so I'm going to see Tommy Henry's second start, whether I'm fired up for it or not. There's not going to be any seats there, though, because all of his family members are going to be selling out the stadium. (laughs) He had to give away 40,000 tickets. Oh, my goodness. What was that? I mean, he had like 74 74 family members and friends. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty cool, man. That was a road game, and he had that many for his his first. By the way, D-backs, 49th win last night. Do you know when they got their 49th win last year, Wolf? Um, September 23rd. So oh my goodness. They only won 52 games last year, so oh they're going to surpass that pretty soon. Alright, back to basketball. Uh, I've got... Let's try and make some sense of, of two sets of odds that were sent to me about Kevin Durant, okay? okay? These are Vegas odds. The first one is, will Kevin Durant be on the Nets roster for game one? And it's even. Yes and no. Okay. The second one is, will Steve Nash be the head coach of the Nets for Game 1? It is overwhelmingly minus 1,000 yes. So he, yeah, saying he will. So they're saying... Be the head coach. Yes. So Vegas is saying Steve Nash is definitely the Nets head coach. And then they're saying it's 50-50 that Durant is on the roster. Now, it doesn't say will he be playing. It just says will he be on the roster. Yeah. But I'm with you. I can't see Kevin Durant playing for Steve Nash next year. I can't either. 
Do you know how difficult that is? I mean, first of all, not only the personal relationship of Kevin Durant and Steve Nash and how taxing that would be on both guys. Steve Nash trying to coach Kevin Durant when Kevin Durant doesn't want to be coached by you. Basically said he's not going to listen to him. Exactly right. And it's not just that, though. It's everyone else around them. It's all of his teammates that are inside the locker room as well who know exactly the way KD well, feels okay. about Steve Nash. But you've got some good leadership in there. You've got uh, Ben Simmons. Um, <laughs> you've got Kyrie. Oh, I see. Oh. This is the sarcastic oh, yeah. Luke okay, so. coming out right now, right? So you don't have those glue guys like Ben Simmons and Kyrie that are going to keep the team together if it gets tense between Steve Nash and Kevin Durant? All I know right now, if I were Joe Sai, I, I would be... I would be at my wits' end. I mean, honestly, it sounds you, were like talking, you were talking a little bit about this earlier. Why, why does he not just say, you know what, <laughs> forget all of this. We're going to hit the reset button here in Brooklyn. Forget all of that. Because right now, the way this is trending... It's a disaster. It is a disaster in Brooklyn right now. It is. And, and that tweet from Josiah yesterday that came out so quickly after that sham story where he didn't leave any mystery. I mean, he could have he could have absolutely gone to Sean Marks and Steve Nash and said, look, the story's out there. I'm sticking by you guys. Let's get this guy traded. But he didn't just do that. He tweeted out, our front office and coaching staff have my support. We'll make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. He went public. He went public, and he didn't have to. And to me, that's not maybe the best strategy to get the most for your player, but that sounds to me like a guy that is just fed up with this. See, but also, too, it's a situation where it sounds like a guy that knows he still has an offer out there. Oh, yeah, they're going to get an offer. this team. And he still has another offer out here from this team. And you know what? Truth be told, we really liked those offers to begin with. I mean, why else would he go public with that? He wants to support Steve Nash. Of course, he wants to support Sean Marks. But he knew exactly what he was doing when he tweeted that out and went public. He knew exactly what he was doing. So why would he do that? Because he still knows, hey, listen, everyone thinks this is going to sabotage our leverage. Well, you know what? I've got a deal right now on the table that we would be okay if we took. We'd be okay with that. Some of these... That's what it tells me, and it tells me that I think Kevin Durant also is going to be traded before the season. I could be dead wrong on that. Some of these prospective deals that we've either heard, like that Celtics one that got leaked, or just you know piecing it together from the Suns side. I'll just use the Suns as an example. If it really was, like if, if, if Sean Marks called James Jones today, and let's say you're James Jones, and he's like, all right, look, we got to move this guy. Well, he wouldn't say that, but he <laughs> doesn't have to, because if he doesn't move him, he's getting fired, basically. If he was like... I want Mikel Bridges, I want Cam Johnson, and I want three first-round picks, four first-round picks. That's what he's going to ask for, for Kevin Durant. And the Suns say yes. If you're Brooklyn, you, yes, you're rebuilding, but you're not, like, bottoming out. You're going to yeah. get four first-round picks. Now, they're probably not going to be great ones, the first two, because the Suns are going to have Kevin Durant and DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker and, and Chris Paul. But you're getting Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson and maybe Jay Crowder. Like, you're not bottoming out completely. You're going to get something for Kyrie when you trade him. I'm just saying that they can, if, if Joe Cy really is fed up, they can strip it down and rebuild and not be the 30th team in the league. 
they could strip it down and rebuild with young talent and still make the play-in tournament next year, which is basically all they did last year. They got swept in the first round. Yeah, they could. And, man, would they have a better locker room, too, if that's what they did. I think they'll put an emphasis on that, I'm just saying, you? I totally believe they're going to put an emphasis on who they bring inside that locker room. And they would. You talk about Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson. You're talking about salt of the earth, metaphorically speaking, in terms of players that are going to be good teammates, good locker room guys, to good two-way players that are going to go out there and give you their absolute best. Oh, yeah, man. I And, and that's what I hate about it for the Suns, frankly. And I'm just starting to, I am, I'm, I'm timber. Timber! I, I, I can't, the thought of bringing Kevin Durant in right now when he continues to be this passive-aggressive Kevin Durant and he continues to force his way out of yet another organization right now, um... I liked him a lot better when he was requesting a trade. Yeah. Not demanding a trade. Not demanding Steve Nash's job or Sean Marks' job. I liked him a lot better. And right now, I'm wondering what kind of attitude are you truly bringing in to the Suns' locker room? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to stay consistent on this, that I still want him. But there's a lot of truth to what you're saying of June 30th, Kevin Durant requests a trade. If you told me, hey, July 4th, let's say. this. Remember that first weekend? It was like, this trade's going to get done. It, that's what it felt like. And the, the the odds for the Suns to win the title were like through the roof. If you had just told me, okay, Kevin Durant just requested a trade, and three days later, that exact trade I just laid out to you, Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges, Jay Crowder, and four first-round picks happened, I would be sad to see some of those guys go, especially Mikel. I don't really care about the picks in this case. But um, but it would have been a party. Whereas now, it's like, you're right, there is something of, uh, I'm requesting a trade to, I'm going to basically burn this team down if you don't get me out of here. It does have a slightly different vibe, because as much as I still want Durant, the one thought I can't get past Wolf is how how we're feeling if we get Durant here. Didn't Brooklyn feel that way at some point when they first got Kevin Durant? Yeah. And I don't think that he would have the issues here that he had there because of Monty Williams and Devin Booker and James Jones. But still, like it's just it's just in the back of your here's, mind. Here's the one thing that really is bothering me though about KD. And again, I you, you need to know how much I love Kevin Durant three years ago. <laughs> love Kevin Durant. Three you weeks ago. Respected Kevin Durant. Even the last couple of years just watching him, um it has it 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 has tarnished his reputation in in my way of thinking but especially now looking back on his career and all the different stops that he's had well this would be his fourth team coming up right now all of this talent what what's going on here with kevin durant what is it why not stand and fight for something? I, I've played with so many guys that needed the stars aligned for them to go out and play. And you know what? It just seems to me Kevin Durant might be that kind of guy. And I'm sorry. It's, it's hard for me to have a ton of respect for that. He's an incredible talent. He makes them better. Intellectually, I totally understand that. He makes them better. Yet, 
At what cost? See, I know that you've you've crossed the line with uh, with talking about how maybe you don't want Kevin Durant because Maloney just told us to break. So if you don't get on board with the Durant stuff, uh, we're going to be off the air here. Yeah. But um, I, I I keep going back to Kendrick Perkins, who played with him for five years in Oklahoma City. Like they went to the finals, and Kendrick Perkins is like he's not ever really happy. Uh, I do. I though I'll keep saying this. That's why I wouldn't trade for him if I was Toronto. But if I'm the Suns. I think you'd be happy here. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, Isaiah Simmons said yesterday he wasn't satisfied with how he played last season. So what is the next step for the Starbacker in 2022? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. Taking off into the 2022 season, the Cardinals are hoping to soar like never before. On the edge, it's Marcus Golden. Call sign, jump. The junkyard dog, Marcus Golden. It feel good to be here, man, and still be playing the game. Holding down the D-line is J.J. Watt. Call sign, three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. I'm fortunate. I'm in the best job in the world. I get to come with 90 of my best buddies every day and practice football. I mean, it's awesome. And covering the defensive backfield, Buddha Baker. Call sign, Buddha. I hold myself to a very high standard, and I try to be the best each and every day. Hopefully on the field, it shows each and every year. Picked off by Buddha. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. We are out here at State Farm Stadium. Practice is over for today. And, uh, Wolf, we're going to get more into the depth chart here uh, next segment. But I just I wanted to bring up one name because this, um, this name, I purposely didn't talk about it before because I knew we were going to talk about him in this segment. Okay. The way the depth chart is out right now for the Cardinals for Friday, guys that are towards the top of it are, are probably further down the actual depth chart. They kind of flipped it because these are guys are going to play on Friday. Yeah. Right? So like Zayvon Collins is he's This is a depth chart for the Cincinnati Bengals game. Are you surprised that Isaiah Simmons isn't even in the two deep? <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. Not at all. What what do you mean by that? I mean uh, you, This is a, this is it. once again, it's a depth chart made for the preseason game. But you don't want reps for Isaiah Simmons moving all over the field? No, I think they know really? what they've got in okay. Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, no, I, they're going to move him all over. There's no doubt. Why do you want to show that to anybody? I don't necessarily want to show that to anybody. I just, I feel like a lot of the time we've been talking about Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Sure. While you and I are both, I think, on the same page, that at least for me, I, I have a lot more confidence in Simmons right now than Collins. Yes. I feel like we've always kind of said, like, but let's, let's, these guys need reps and i guess i guess simmons is getting the reps at practice yes he is and again it's only because of how many different positions that i think he's playing the combination of that and also what we saw from isaiah simmons in the first 12 weeks of the season once again i continue to say this Isaiah Simmons knows he tailed off at the end, just like Marco Wilson was willing to admit he tailed off at the end as well. And they weren't alone. They were not alone. Man, we can say that about almost the entire team. The only one they may not have tailed off at all was Zach Ertz. Yeah. 
when you think about it, maybe James Conner. If I had to pick a second one, James Conner, maybe. Boy, that got hurt, of course. A brutal but. fulcrum football, guys that didn't trail off last year. It would be like one round. <laughs> there you go. We might need to go ahead and do that. Luke, it would be a quick one. I think we just did time. it. But I think Isaiah Simmons. Listen, I think the coaching staff knows this kid can play. This kid can play. Um, Zayvon Collins has got the proof that he can play. That's fair. I, I, I think there's a differentiation there. It was It's interesting to see them make such a clear one, too, because Zayvon Collins is at least lined up to start on Friday, and Isaiah Simmons, I mean, being third, he might not even play on Friday, although where do you even put him on a depth chart? He could be at every position, I feel like. Uh, he was on Isaiah Simmons with Burns and Gambo yesterday, and they asked him, do you feel pressure on you to perform this year? I don't really look at it like that, you know. I just try to take it one down at a time and just be the best player, best teammate I can for myself. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of so-called pressure, as people want to say it, but, you know, pressure makes diamonds. So I'm just out here trying to be the best player I can be. That's not even one day at a time. That's and one yeah, down at a time. I, I honestly love that. I love that answer right there. You know, yeah, of course, there's, there's pressure that's always going to be out there. There's going to be pressure. I love the fact he acknowledged the fact that there's pressure that is out there but pressure makes diamonds right that's what he said said right there (laughs) threw that out there i love the fact he acknowledged it yet more importantly to me he said i just want to be the best player i can be how many times right you hear me say that all the time that's exactly the approach that you should have you know what uh, what's your role on this team you hear that all the time. You know, what's your role on this team? You know what my role on the team is? Be the best player I can possibly be for my team and for myself and for my teammates. Be the best player you can be. How about that? That's your role. And whatever that is, hey, the coaches, that's up to them to figure out where they're going to put you and how they're going to use you. You just be the best player you can be as a man. Makes perfect sense. Uh, more from Isaiah Simmons on with Burns and Gambo yesterday. Were you satisfied with your play last season? No, not at all. Um, I don't really feel like I'm my biggest critic, so I'm not really ever satisfied with my play, regardless of how good or bad of a game I have. I always feel like there's something that I could do better. So um, in spite of me maybe being third on the team in tackles, um, I just feel like there's a lot more that I could have done and a lot that you know I left on the table that I wish you know I could get back, but obviously we can't. So the focus is, is eliminating those mistakes this year and making new mistakes. Wolf, one of the things I like about Isaiah Simmons the most is – he just said it right there. He just verbalized it. I don't think the guy's ever satisfied. Now, you can never be satisfied and also not be good at what you're doing, and then you're just never going to be satisfied, and neither is anybody around you. I happen to believe in his talent. They obviously do, too. I mean, you've obviously, on this show, I tell you, I'm all in on Simmons, and I'm all I'm all in on Isaiah Simmons more than anybody that is unproven on this team. How's that? You know what? Honestly, I heard him say that right there. I just wanted to hug him. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> Isaiah, get over here. Give, give me a hug, kid. That that is, man. And I, the best thing is, he means it. I totally believe him that he means what he's saying when he says, "I'm my harshest critic." I am. I man, if if that is the case, once again, with all the talent he's got, this kid, this kid is going to have a great year. As a matter of fact. 
If you were going to pick one guy. You can't pick him. I already picked him. I know. Okay, Sorry. You did pick him right yeah. there, right? No, so, I picked him like but, three but, months but ago. I think I was, what did I say? What did I say at the time? I don't even know if we had a conversation. <laughs> I just said Isaiah Simmons. We, Isaiah we Simmons. would need a list of like, which which guys do you consider unproven yet, right? So I probably third year or under, which guy do you believe in the most this season? Yes, I I, I think Isaiah Simmons is going to have an, an excellent season. Right, now, they are going to we'll move him, him as the show. He will be our show pick. Isaiah I know. Um, I think I said Zayvon Collins. I was hoping Zayvon Collins. I thought it was who do you hope? Hoping is going picking. to have a right. You're right about that. And Zayvon Collins is a massive question mark right now. Isaiah Simmons is not a question mark. The only question mark I have in regard to Isaiah Simmons is where they're going to play him. How much are they truly going to move him? How many reps is he truly going to get as a slot corner? How many reps is he truly going to get as a deep middle safety? How many? I mean, they move him all over the place. So that's the only that's the only question mark I have. How many reps are they really going to move him around that edge? Well, do I see it as the weak side inside? Yeah, I do. Do I see it as a safety around the box? Yes. I do see that a lot. Um, it's a good question, but that's the only question mark I have about Isaiah Simmons. Where, how much are they really going to play him at some of these positions? He talked yesterday about uh, his interactions with Chandler Jones last season. I spent some time, a lot of time with him last year, just trying to pick at, pick his brain and learn some things that he's done. Because um, you know, it's not too many guys who uh, had 100 plus sacks in the NFL, and just being able to be on a team with two guys who do have over 100 sacks on the NFL, I definitely pick at their brains and try to figure out some things that I can incorporate into my game. He even kind of sounded like Chandler Jones at the start of that clip. Yeah, that was creepy. Yeah. I look if I'm if I have a a star backer like Isaiah Simmons, but at times I may use him as an edge rusher. We saw him today going after the quarterback. I think it was McSorley. He was running down. Uh, yeah, I'd like to have him around Chandler Jones for a year or two. Talk to him, get his thoughts on on how exactly to uh, look, to get to opposing quarterbacks. Isaiah Simmons is running a four three nine. <laughs> think about that for a minute. A four three nine. Legitimate. Do you think he could put his hand in the dirt and have him get the edge while rushing a quarterback? Running a 4-3-9. Now, takeoff, of course, matters. Some guys have good takeoff. Some guys do not. Some guys see the ball clearly on the snap, and some guys do not. I don't know exactly what Isaiah would say about that, but his skill set is without peer on the defensive side of the ball. The fact you could line him up in the slot and he could actually cover a wide receiver and has done that and that you could still back him off and play him as an inside linebacker, that's stunning, man. That, that skill set is stunning. Legendary grunge band Alice in Chains heading to Ak Chin Pavilion September 10th. That's the day before the Cardinals' first game. Limited tickets are available, but you can win a pair now by heading to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. We come back. Friday's depth chart is up, and it's already changing. We'll get you caught up next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.